Hello, and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 5th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is urging you that if you can, support your local Mexican restaurants as you celebrate Cinco de Mayo. If you can, please do it. One, the food will be a lot better. And two, you're helping out a community restaurant. It's the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Have your Taco Tuesday and your margaritas with takeout or delivery. Should be a good day. The fact that it falls on a Tuesday, just perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much to look forward to, but that this is a good I will have my tacos, day. damn it. Absolutely. <laughs> Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe to get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And we are excited to say that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. So like we have been doing every Tuesday, we are previewing and doing a deeper dive into a Flyers prospect. Today we are sitting with Josh Horton uh, to talk about Wyatt Wiley. Um, Josh covered Wyatt in the for the Everett Herald uh, for the past two seasons. And then we will wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter where you can tweet us any of your questions for our weekly mailbag or just let us know how you're doing. You can also email us at lockedonflyers at gmail.com. So Rachel. Wyatt Wiley. We are here to talk about him today. I feel like Wyatt is a prospect that is that gets overlooked a lot of the time. I think so too, partially because he is a defenseman, which isn't as flashy as, you know, your forward, your goal scorers, but also just because he was kind of a mid-late round pick, right? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the fact that, I mean, we know about the Everett Silver Tips, but he's not like the prospect we know, we think of when we think of the Silver Tips. <laughs> if you guys don't remember, Wyatt was drafted in 2018 in the fifth round, and he went 127th overall. He is roughly 6'1", 190 pounds, and spent all four seasons with the Silver Tips. And in that uh, time, he scored 31 goals, had 121 assists, for 152 points in 272 games. Now, the one thing that I thought was super cool about Wyatt is when looking at the four years that he spent with the Silver Tips, each year offensively he's grown. And this past season, yes, he was an overager, but he had an impressive season. He had a career high in 14 goals and 50 assists. We'll go into it when we're joined with uh, by Josh, but Wyatt, he's just a solid defenseman and uh, though he doesn't stand out so much as a prospect he's consistently grown his game completely in the four seasons with silver tips but I was like looking back on some articles about why and one stood out uh, in the athletic by Alex Appleyard he and we'll have this article linked in the show notes he said that why has the core traits that any NHL defenseman should have um, first is good skating, um, a good outlet pass, and just the defensive awareness, which, you know, when you think about it, that's actually very much appreciated because we think about the offense with defensemen, but it's those defensemen that are just really good defensively that 
are the ones that, in my opinion, help the most for the team. Obviously, you want to look at offense, but the defensive part of the game is really important, especially in the system that the Flyers are playing right now. I think that the Flyers do a really good job communicating with their prospects and and keeping a hands-on approach in their development. I think so, too. And having some, you know, Flyers legends on the blue line as part of that is helpful, like Shel Samuelson, for instance. Exactly. And that's the one thing that makes me excited, the fact that with, like, in combination of what Appleyard said and just Wyatt's development is that the Flyers are always so good in, you know, giving their defensemen enough time to really develop. And Wyatt has done that and he's continued to improve each year. And I just can't help but hope that he's going to do that with the Phantoms, which I think everyone knows that Wyatt's is going to play for the Phantoms first um, before he gets a taste to to play with the Flyers. And we have said this time and time again that the Phantoms need that. (laughs) They do. So I'm looking forward to seeing how his first season with the Phantoms goes. Me too. We are excited. So we will get right into the interview with Josh. So you guys can be excited as well. So like we previewed, we are here with Josh Horton, who covered the the Everett Silvertips uh, for the Everett Herald for the past two seasons. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Danielle and Rachel, for, uh, for letting me join the show. Absolutely. We are so excited to talk about Wyatt Wiley. Um, He's a prospect that I think, you know, he's not at the bottom, but he's not at the top. He's kind of like right there in that middle. So I'm excited to uh, talk about him today. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for for, uh, letting me join and and talk about Wyatt. I got some some thoughts and some observations. (laughs) Perfect. We cannot wait. I'll start off by saying, do you think there was extra pressure on Wyatt um, from having uh, spent extra time with the Flyers and not getting that, uh, not signing his entry-level contract in the beginning of the season and also being an overager in the WHL? Um, How do you think he's responded to that? Uh, I thought he responded terrific. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a kid gets sent back and, you know, he's an overager and he has a chance to to play in the AHL and he gets sent back to junior. There's always a question, you know, how is he going to handle? Is he going to pout? Is he going to uh, just kind of say, you know, this is not the ideal situation. I'm going to mail the season in. Um, But right from the get go, you talk to the coaching staff there and they were really impressed with Wyatt. He earned an assistant captain, um, an A on his, on his uh, sweater really, really quickly. And um, he was a he was a leader on the team. Um, he handled it really well. Um, he's always been a, a guy that will um, I don't know about mentor, but he he will he'll give pointers to the, some of the younger defensemen. I think he took that up a notch uh, this year. And I mean he was he was part of the the Silver Tips veteran leadership core, and he handled it really well off the ice and on the ice as well. I mean I thought he he had a he had a terrific season before it got torpedoed. Um, he was playing just as well as he did last year. And, and last year, for my money, he was Everett's best defenseman on a really loaded uh, decor. So it was, a, it was a really impressive overage season from Wyatt. And it's a shame that he wasn't able to finish it because, you know, he was, I think, a point away from breaking the Silver Tips uh, career, uh, franchise record for points by a defenseman in a season. Um, so, you know, he was, he was having a really terrific season along with uh, his fellow overage D partner, uh, Jake Christensen. And, um, it's a shame they weren't able to finish it, but he, he had a terrific overage season. I think it's hard to to really pick nits on, on Wyatt's uh, 20-year-old year. 
Speaking of that production, uh, he was a point-per-game player this past season as a defenseman, which is kind of unusual and really special. Uh, what do you think accounted for his increase in production over the past couple of seasons? Well, I think he was he was an integral part on the power play, and that's where you saw a lot of his his uh, his points were just you know those easy you know secondary assists. But he was a key part of it. I mean, he was running the point a lot. Um, and Everett likes to run this kind of umbrella set and he was a lot, a lot of it. He was the top of it. Um, and they had a really dynamic power play. Uh, Cole Fonstad, they traded for a Montreal Canadiens prospect, uh, pretty early in the season. He really, uh, unlocked that power play with, um, Bryce Kindop, who ended up signing a contract with the Ducks and Gage Gonsalves, uh, an NHL draft prospect for this year. And, um, from, from the get go, I mean, he was really good on it. Um, and he's a, I wouldn't say, you know, he's, I wouldn't call him, you know, an elite pucker mover by any chance, but he's really capable in that side of the game. And he's able to to put pucks in the net if you give him open lanes. And, um, you know, he's just a really balanced player and he was really good on the power play. And then um, I just, I think he, he has an offensive side of the game that he was maybe able to show a little bit more this year um, than past years. Although I, I wouldn't say it really, you know, showed up too um, starkly on the ice. I thought, um, it was pretty much typical Wyatt Wiley. He's just a really solid two-way defenseman, and I think that showed this year as he got upwards of probably 30 minutes ice time per game. I mean, they rode him like a horse. So uh, Yeesh, that is he, Ivan Provorov levels. <laughs> yeah, no, they, he played. He played a lot of minutes, and they relied on him heavily, and he showed up. I mean, he was he was terrific. Now, Josh, you pointed out earlier that Wyatt did wear uh, the A for the silver tips. What kind of leader was he on and off the ice? And when you ask his co- coaches and teammates, um, what do they say about him? Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, on on the ice, I mean, he's a pretty um, you know composed kid. I'd say um, he kind of. I don't know if he. I would call him you know the lead by example, but he definitely has a lot about a lot of that in him. Um, he's probably a little bit more vocal than a lot of the other players in Everett's leadership group, so he probably took on a little bit more of that role. Um, and and coaches and teammates, they, um, I, I think especially coaches, they love his resi- resiliency. I mean, he's a kid. Um, the Everett coaching staff always told me that you can really rip into him and and kind of you know yell at him and, and scream at him, and he kind of re- that's kind of how he responds to that coaching like that. So he's a really resilient kid. Um, you know, they really like that part of him and he's, he's a, he's a guy that's, that's willing to kind of take risks. He doesn't play scared. Um, he plays really, really composed. I think a lot of the time and, um, he's just a really solid, you know, two way defenseman that, um, is relied upon to, to kind of provide offense, um, at times, but also be a lockdown defenseman. And he played really well in that role. Do you think that you know, him being a two-way defenseman, like how does he work with his D partner in terms of roles on, on the ice? Does, is he really good at switching back and forth between driving play and covering back? Or is he somebody, especially just thinking ahead to the program, is he going to need a more solid stay-at-home defenseman to support him when he first starts? Sure. Um, I think you know, he was he was a really versatile player for Everett's decor. Uh, a lot of times he would start the game paired up with a really offensively driven defenseman. Um, a lot of times with Ronan Seeley, who is a um, a ranked NHL prospect this year, and he's a guy that loves to to rush the puck up the ice and uh, and take risks that way. So Wyatt was kind of uh, a little yin and yang there. Wyatt would be back there to kind of clean up anything if uh, if a rush was coming the other way. And then you know later in the games, Everett would love to pair him with Jake Christensen, who. Um, is definitely a, li- a little more offensive inclined as well, but both of them kind of would uh, 
would support each other. I mean, one of them would kind of make a, a rush up the ice and the other would be back there. I mean, they're veteran defensemen. So he was able to kind of show a little bit more of his offensive side. And last year he was paired quite frequently and he played a lot on his offside, which is really interesting about Wyatt. He's, they were, they really needed him with, uh, with not a lot of left-handed defensemen last year to play on his offside and the year before that, I believe. So he played a quite a bit on his, on his left side as a right shot defenseman and played really well. And that shows a lot about a kid. I mean, to play on your offside at the junior level, it's, that's not easy. So um, that's another testament, I guess, to Wyatt. But he played a lot with Artem Manulin, a Russian overage defenseman, who's a little bit more of a stay-at-home guy. So Wyatt was able to kind of show him a little more of his offensive acumen. So he can kind of, in, at the junior level at least, he kind of plays, uh, he, he can kind of do both, I guess. Um, I would say at the next level, he projects a little bit better on the defensive side. That's kind of his bread and butter. Um, as a lockdown guy who can kind of maneuver his way around the corners and and um, and break up the play, so I, I would say you know he would fit really well with any type of defenseman. I'd say um, he might need more of a defense defensive defenseman early on to kind of um, overcome some of his size deficiencies. Um, but he's really really um, really really skilled defensively. I think that's why Everett relied on him so much is because he's really sound in the defensive zone. And that's something that people don't realize as much. Um, he's really good at just, you know, breaking up the play, driving the rush out wide or, or poke checking it away. And then, uh, you know, breakout pass up to, to start it the other way. So uh, it's, it's really hard to say he's a really fascinating prospect because, um, you know, he does a lot of things really well. Maybe he doesn't maybe do anything, you know, at an elite level, but he does just a lot of things really, really well. That's so interesting. I um, didn't realize that he was uh, he played that well defensively. I mean, when you look at his production, uh, you really do think he's just like an offensive defenseman. But that's good to hear, especially because um, the Phantoms uh, need that. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Very much. Uh, one of the biggest things that we talked about this season for the Phantoms was their power play. Um, and you you said before that uh, Wyatt was a key role of the special teams for Everett. How do you see that translating into the AHL or the NHL? Yeah, he was he was a good special teams player. I mean, he played um, on, on power play, you know, each of the seasons I watched him. Um, I think that's a skill that will probably translate. I mean, he's a capable passer and um, can definitely uh, make plays when he when he needs to. The the simple plays he maybe isn't going to make the flashy plays that we saw maybe you know the Ty Smith and Bowen Byron plays, but he's just a really sound offensive defenseman that you'd you'd think that would that would that would translate in the offensive zone. Um, so we'll we'll see. I'm really curious to see how that how that goes for him in in the professional level if he's um, a little bit more of you know really leans on the defensive side of the game or he's able to unlock a little more of the offensive side of the game because that's something that I definitely noticed um, even from um, the start of last season is that he was really able to unlock that offensive side of the game he was able to you know make some more uh, you know riskier passes with with greater success rates and he was able to to fine-tune that shot where he was scoring more goals you know that sort of stuff he, he really looked and he was making you know some some plays in the offensive zone where he's able to walk into the slot and make a play. So he's a really interesting guy. And I'm really curious to see how that development kind of tracks forward as he moves through the the professional ranks. So speaking of that, what do you think he needs to work on the most in that transition? That's, uh, that's a good question. I, I would say a lot of uh, probably one of the biggest uh, maybe detriments to his game for, from a lot of um, uh, prospect evaluators is maybe he's a little risky with his, when, you know, turnover heavy, um, I think that came out a little bit in Everett too, because he's just, 
he's someone that's not afraid to make plays and, you know, maybe he's going to turn it over. Um, but he's at least going to try. He just, and that, and I think that is also, um, a bit of a positive too, because he's not, you know, someone that's going to play scared by any means. Um, he's got, he's definitely got some physical side to his game too. Um, but just, you know, kind of fine tuning that decision-making will, will definitely do him some good. And also just kind of getting stronger and it, I don't know if he's really going to grow too much in terms of height wise, but he's definitely probably got a little bit of a frame where he can put some muscle on and, and that will definitely do him some good in the pro levels. Cause it's uh it's definitely a man's game up there um, as opposed to the junior level. So that's probably what, uh, what stands out to me. Although it's really hard to nitpick, you know, one sort of part of his game, maybe skating, you probably fine tune that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, being on a pro roster and kind of seeing how other, other players skate and whatnot will, will do him some good as well, but it'll be really interesting to see, uh, see what they really focus on in terms of his development and what needs to be fine-tuned i think that's a that's a really fair assessment because from some of the players that we've seen uh transition onto the phantoms it really is that um they're the size that they need to work on and the speed of the game mm-hmm. of course yeah it's it's a transition i i i imagine i, I know like uh from some of the ahl players that made the jump uh from last year's silver tip team just talking to them about the you know, the speed and the skill and the size, um, it, it took took a little bit of adjusting. So I'm assuming Wyatt will have that same kind of realization. So this is a, a, one of the last questions we always throw in uh, in these interviews. It's kind of hard, but it's always fun for Flyers fans to see. Um, <laughs> which current NHL player would you compare Wyatt's style to? Yeah, it's really, that's, I, I was I was thinking hard about this, uh, this question. <laughs> You know, it's, it's hard to say just because he's, you know, he doesn't maybe do anything, you know, exceptionally well where it where it translates to um, an NHL player where he kind of can pinpoint that that one skill set. I guess like Neil Pionk maybe. Um, oh. But, you know, it's it's really hard to find a comparison for him, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's hard to see what defenseman he'll be at the, at the pro level. I'm sure um, he'll have to lean on one side of his game more than the other. Um, at the at the pro level, whether he you know he's a little bit more of a defensive guy, or he's able to you know kind of you know like I said build upon that offensive skill set and turn into a little more of an offensive guy. So maybe you know someone like that who's who's a little more I guess balance in his game it might be a, an interesting comparison. But I don't really have a a slam dunk answer for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> no, okay. I, no, I think that if he turns out like Neil Pionk, I I think that's a win because that's he's. Pionk is a NHL <laughs> defenseman. So, um, yeah, you need those guys, especially uh, in your organization. So I'll be happy with anything. <laughs> and uh, but, just, um, from, just from seeing some of the projections where, where it seems like uh, Wyatt is, you know, projected to be, you know, upside, you know, second or third pairing guy. Um, mm-hmm. I would say he kind of has a skill set where it, it, it's not like he wouldn't be able to contribute on like a third pairing role. Um, so that's definitely something that bodes well in his favor where, you know, some guys just get lost because, you know, they're they're so offensively inclined and then they can't translate because they can't break the top four defensemen and they'd have no role in a, in a bottom th- or, you know, the, you know, a bottom three pairing. So uh, it's just really, really hard to see um, how he won't at least have the opportunity if he if his skill and, and his development kind of grows. So in that regard, I think, you know, the balance in his game will really serve him serve him well. Yeah, that's huh. the biggest thing that I, I've gotten out of, you know, talking to you is that he is a, a balanced defenseman, which I didn't think he was. So that's good to know. Um, and the Flyers have a lot of 
well, they have some defensive uh, depth coming up. So it'll be really interesting to see who he's paired with on the Flyers or on the Phantoms. Um, so that'll be really interesting. I do have a question for you guys. I mean, what is the excitement level uh, amongst Wyatt Wiley um, on the Flyers fan side of it? I think he's kind of, we're excited to have another defenseman in the pool because, yeah. you know, like like Danielle just said, you know, most of our defensive prospects have made that jump already and they're just really like one or two on the phantoms that have strong nhl potential and so we're kind of like we need to refill that pipeline (laughs) and and it's like really exciting to have somebody that the team has confidence in Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's really where our mindset is at is that this you know, management group seems to really have a good head on their collective shoulders in terms of who they're signing and how they evaluate talent. So if they signed him, we believe them. Yeah. Sure. And I also think it's it's definitely different from like which which where the Flyers fans fall on the spectrum. Like if there are clo- more Phantoms Flyers fans, then they yeah. are ecstatic for Wyatt to, to get here. Because yeah. like we said, the defense was not that great uh, for the Phantoms and then I think for the if you're more of a Flyers fan or you focus on the Flyers um, more um, why is just like a signing that you kind of expected now I'm really close friends with um, someone who lives in Everett so she has been pumping up Wyatt to me since the day the Flyers drafted him so I'm really excited I he seems like such a great kid and I love that um, an underrated part I think of Flyers uh developing and just drafting is that they seem to get really great kids like they're Mm -hmm. just they it seems like all of them are a part of the leadership group on their teams they all seem to mesh well in um, development camp and there's no one that you would think that's just not like a good like reliable person so and I think that translates into their their play on ice Sure. Yeah, I can definitely attest to to Wyatt's um, character I think he's you know he's a pretty bright kid Um, I think he's really smart Every time I talk to him, he's really art- he's surprisingly articulate. Um, he's definitely pretty confident in himself, I'd say, but not uh, in in the way that's off-putting, kind of in the more of the the way that you kind of want someone to be confident in themselves. Um, and then he's he's a late bloomer. I don't I don't know if you know the story, but he he didn't really start skating even until he was like eight or nine years old, I think. Um, so you know it's it's different from a lot of those kids that grew up in the prairies in Saskatchewan and were skating when they're yeah. two years old and or in Vancouver or whatnot. So yeah. he really didn't start playing hockey until he was like nine or 10 and um, was just always kind of a, a late bloomer. And um, it's been, it's been really interesting to see, you know, where, where he, he kind of goes. Cause I think a lot of people think there's a little bit more growing to do in his game because of that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, hasn't didn't start until his, he was really late and he didn't really come up on the WHL radar until really late even. So, I mean, he was a sixth-round draft pick um, in Everett's backyard, and and by the end of it, by the end of the recruiting process, he was getting offers from Ohio State and and Michigan, and and was really, I think, um, really thinking and pondering that that college route. But Everett was able to keep him home, and the rest is history. But you know, he's he's a really interesting kid with a really interesting uh, kind of backstory. That um, it'll be really curious to see how if he's able to if this is a ceiling or he's able to kind of unlock a little more. We had someone on earlier. Um, we bought, we previewed a, a prospect, Bobby Brink, and he decided to go the college route. So I'd be really interesting. And I mean, 
I don't know if you know um, Wyatt's uh, thought process on this as to why he chose to stay uh, and and do the juniors route, just because it seems like it's such a harder, it's such a bigger jump for them when they when they do make it to the professional leagues. Sure, I, I talked about this with him many times. Um, he he was really um, kind of awestruck by the way Everett was courting him towards the end of it. I think they, well, it really when they're scouting all their bantam draft prospects, they're really interested in, in Wyatt's uh, best friend, Brendan Studioso. And then after a while, they start watching more of those games, and they're like, this Wyatt Wiley kid's really good. So they picked him earlier in that draft than Studioso, and Studioso never really uh, mounted to a, the WHL level at least, but Wyatt really took off like a rocket. And he went on to play with the Dallas Stars elite program, and that's really where he started to take off and really start to gain a lot of attention because out, especially, you know, when Wyatt was coming up in the Pacific Northwest, it was still really, really at the grassroots level there. And there weren't a lot of, you know, people scouting that area. So once he went down to Dallas and playing that tier one elite league, he really started to take off, but, and, and Everett obviously noticed that and their, their general manager, Gary Davidson was pretty much at a lot of Wyatt's games and was really trying to, make it known that they, he want, he wanted him to be a part of their program. So he, he didn't even, um, I, I'm sure he would have made the team as a 16 year old, but he, he decided to play that year down in Dallas and take his time with his decision. Um, and he came in as a 17 year old, pretty much ready to go. And that was probably about the right time for him to join the league. But, you know, he, just, he really just said that Everett showed an interest in him and playing for his hometown team, especially in he, for, for, it, in a way that, you know, they weren't trying to just put him on programs and tickets to get people to, to come to the games. They really wanted him. Um, they didn't want, he didn't want to be a sideshow. And I think his family felt that way too. Um, so they, he really felt like they wanted him to be part of the hockey program and they wanted to develop into a pro player and they thought he had that potential. So that's really what sold him on the WHL level. I didn't know any of that. That's a really good story. And I like that. I think that he chose the right one, the the right route for him because I mean the fact that the Flyers signed him is just testament to how much he developed. Yeah, it worked it worked out incredibly well, I think, for for him. And um, I know they don't the Wileys don't think regret that decision whatsoever. And um, having your kid live at home um, and play hockey for for the hometown hockey team is is a pretty special thing. And I think that's something they cherish. Well, thank you so much for that. I mean, I threw that question out at you uh, just randomly <laughs> so thank you um for giving us that little insight into why i we appreciate that of course yeah thank you so much i'll be following along with uh phantom valor yeah the phantom games and lehigh value and seeing how how wide's doing <laughs> yeah excellent awesome. rachel what a fun interview josh was a joy to have he really was and there was some really good information in there as well to kind of help us get to know Wyatt a little better. I love to talk about how dynamic a player is, but I just love to hear that they're just really good people as well. That's, I think, the icing of the cake for me. So when looking at a Flyers fun thing, obviously we wanted to keep in theme and look at some Wyatt moments. I wanted to find three like you did last week with Wade, but I... Some were just a little bit too old, and I didn't want to embarrass Wyatt because he has some <laughs> embarrassing interviews. Like some, he's very young in some of these interviews. But what I did find was the day Wyatt was drafted, he actually the Flyers did like a video on Wyatt. So it's good to just like kind of refresh your memory on what type of kid and player this guy was when he was drafted. And then also the Silver Tips have a highlight reel of all of Wyatt's like 
very key moments um, of this past season. So I think it's like a good to look in the past and then look towards like what how, what type of player he's developed into now. And looking at the highlights for the Silver Tips, his last goal was just jaw dropping. I won't spoil it. You guys have to watch it. It's so good, and I think it'll it'll make you very excited for why for the future. Yeah, I think so too. And in the uh, draft video, that also includes some of his time from prospect camp. One of the little fun Easter eggs in it is that it's from a couple years ago. So uh, Carter Hart is there, but he's still wearing his silver tips mask. (laughs) So it's like, oh, there's two Everett players out there together. So that kind of warmed my heart too. It's a good time. Definitely you guys should take a look at both of those. But that is it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with our weekly mailbag. So if you haven't already, send us in your questions. I mean, it ha- it could be hockey. It could be quarantine. Honestly, it could be anything. So send us in on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. Or you can do by email at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune into the latest episode of Locked On NHL. And if you haven't already, listen to Locked On Ducks, where Rachel is a guest and plays Hockey Jeopardy. And that's it for us. Have a good day. really how we're gonna play this bud <laughs>